Hello, and welcome back to Shockingly Wicked, a true crime podcast where we bring you true crime cases from the headlines to the hometowns. I'm Brianna. This little light of mine. (laughs) That's Brittany. And we are your hosts for the evening. Now you can tell the story. (laughs) Um, I I went to, my godfather died um, this past weekend, and I went went to the memorial service because they cremated him, so they're doing it at the house. And so they had two different um, slideshows going, one current pictures of him, one uh, baby pictures of him, and they they were playing songs in the baby pictures. And one of the the songs is This Little Light of Mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Not tune and everything. And from then on, that was stuck in my head, was stuck in my head since Saturday. She is not the type of person to take to a funeral. <laughs> uh, but I'm 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 glad you're doing okay. <laughs> Wait, okay. So my grandpa Steve was talking to um his mom and he goes it's okay. He's in a better place. And then he like waits a beat and he goes, "I guess." It's <laughs> awful. I was like, "Steve, go home." That's that's something. Yeah, that's something you would say if you didn't like the person. <laughs> like, and you're trying to be nice, and you're like, "Yeah, they're they're, they're in a better place." I guess. <laughs> That's uh, I said it. I was like Steve. I'm just <laughs> Steve. I can, I can, I can picture it. So today's today's episode was actually going to be a bonus episode, and we decided that the story was one that we wanted to share here instead of just for our patrons on Patreon. So, Brittany, can you tell us what we're going to be learning about today? We're learning about Tamika Houston. Cool. This is one that happened in Spartanburg, right? Yeah, where I'm from. Murderburg. Didn't you, like, drive me past the (laughs) (laughs) the apartment building that this happened at? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, typical sightseeing stuff. I mean, I I did it. I I literally had just did that episode (laughs) when she came, and I was like, oh my god, do you see? That's where they found her body. That's awful. That's why they call it Murderburg. I mean, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I can say that because I'm from there. Yeah, you're allowed to insult it. It's like, it's like uh, nobody else is allowed to insult your siblings except for you. Yeah, because I'm not there anymore. So if you try to stalk me, yeah, we're not gonna find me because I don't live there. I guess we'll just go ahead and get started. So Brittany, take it away. Okay, so we're talking about Tamika Houston, and this is actually like a pretty big case. I don't realize it, but her name is Tamika Antoinette Houston, and she was born on December 11th, 1979. Um, she's a black woman and she was only 4'11", and that's so short, but she's like maybe 120 pounds. Um, she's very petite. She's like Snooky. (laughs) Snooky's like 4'10", I think. I always wondered how, I was, I always wondered how short she was. Like 4'10", I think. I only know that because I used to watch Snooky and J-Wall. Wow. Um, and they talk about it. It's funny. They're like, how are you going to push a baby? You're so tiny. I I mean, she is very small, so I, understandable. But so is okay. This is so off topic. But so is her husband. Her husband's only like uh, five foot. Oh, uh, that works for her, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> <a> small baby. <laughs> okay, so Tamika was described as an amazing young woman and very bubbly, very bright, with an amazing singing voice. She actually auditioned for American Idol, 
American Idol. American Idol, and she had dreams of becoming a singer. She didn't end up making the cut, but, you know, that didn't stop her dreams. She lived in a small house on Harvard Boulevard in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Um, she lived alone with her little pit bull named Macy. Oh, that's a cute That's so cute. And had just quit her job as a waitress at a local restaurant. Uh, her family said she spent a lot of time going back and forth to interviews and to class as she was a nursing student. Okay. So she was also known to like just jump in her car and go visit her family that were like all up on the East Coast. I, I can so relate. It was, <laughs> yeah, so it's not like unusual for her to go like without calling somebody for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. She was also a single 24-year-old woman, so like she's not tied down anymore, Yeah. okay? She can do what she wants. She can explore. She is independent. Yeah. So when her family hadn't heard from her like a couple of weeks, it wasn't really a surprise, but that was until one of her friends called her aunt Rebecca Howard to ask if she had like recently spoke to Tamika. And that was when Rebecca realized nobody had really heard from her since May 27th, 2004. And that was when she like really started to worry about her niece. So Rebecca called to report Tamika missing, which was on June 14th. So, oh, wow. so like a couple of weeks Yeah, so police immediately took this seriously and, like, started to investigate, which I'm, like, shocked because of Spartanburg City (laughs) as a missing persons case, but I'm, like, shocked, obviously. Yeah. So investigators went to Tamika's house to do, like, a welfare check, and when they arrived, they were shocked at the site. There was no sign Tamika had been home in a while, but her dog, Macy, who is pregnant, had actually given birth, and this is, like, a trigger warning, but she, unfortunately, like, ate most of them. I mean... Like, most of the puppies, because she was starving. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, that makes sense. If she's not getting any food... Well, also, I think... (laughs) I think this was, like, her first litter, and apparently, sometimes, uh, dogs will, like, eat puppies out of their first litter. I I think I've... They're super young. Yeah, I think I've heard that. Which is... Nature's weird. Yeah. Gross. (laughs) <laughs> we eat our babies for cannibals. Yeah. Cannibals, so. Anyways. Well, I mean, there are people who eat their placenta, so I mean, it's... That's disgusting. I absolutely 100% agree with you. <laughs> okay, good. Because I'm like, that is nasty. Anyways, this was so out of the normal because Namika treated Macy as if it was like her child and she would never leave her there like that unless something bad had happened to her. So this is a quote from Rebecca Howard talking about the dog. Uh, It obviously had been left alone for some time in distress. So at this point, I knew something had gone horribly wrong. Police also noticed that her house looked as though there had been no sign of a struggle at all. So whatever happened didn't happen at her house. Mm -hmm. Upon further inspection of the house, police found three uncashed checks, Tamika's cell phone, and her driver's license. So like... Interesting. Which, to be fair, this is in 2004, so people, like, don't carry their cell phones like they do now. But, well, yeah, but you know. the driver's license. Yeah. That, that's the suspicious thing. So six days after the search of Tamika's home, her 1991 black Honda CRX had been found abandoned at a local apartment complex, Barksdale Apartments. That was on June 20th, 2004. So I did, like, the map. Um, it's only, like, a like a four-mile radius between mm-hmm. where her, like, the street where her house is and where those apartments are. Okay. Um, so police officials searched the vehicle for any sort of clue that could tell them what happened to Tamika, and they discovered a set of partial fingerprints, but the, but when they ran the fingerprints, they didn't get a match. Um, Lisa, oh, Lisa, Lisa, police <laughs> also found a set of keys that were laying in the passenger floorboard, but investigators found that none of them were matched to her car or to her house. And upon further inspection, they found uh, AA-14 
scribbled into the keys. Interesting. So they tried the apartment units uh, at Barksdale to see, like, if they matched, and they didn't. But they then they canvassed it to see if like anybody knew mm-hmm. who she was. But nobody, everybody was like, no, we don't know who that is. Weird. Um, Police then decided to take the key to every locksmith in the area to see if they could tell them where the keys came from. Which, I don't know if this is like this for every apartment complex, but a lot of apartment complexes don't get their keys from locksmiths. A lot of them will buy them and make copies of them. Yeah. In their own way. Because I worked at an apartment complex, so I know. Um, At least that's how it was for the company I worked for. So It would probably be cheaper to do it that way anyway. Well, yeah, and a lot of them have their own... um, key making machine so they can just make copies mm-hmm. that way like if a resident needs a copy or something um so don't get your hopes up that that's gonna work every time yeah that plus um, that seems like very inefficient to go to every locksmith in the area well i mean i guess because it was in like 04 yeah i mean it makes sense because it's not like you can be like hey internet help us locate who belongs who these keys belong to well i i don't know keys are weird like a lot of people don't use locksmiths anymore. I think for car keys, they do. Mm-hmm. But I don't think for, like, house keys, because you can make a copy at Lowe's. Yeah. I Like, our house keys, I think we got an ace. Like, we made cap- mm-hmm. copies there, so. So that's not going to happen now. Yeah. So while they waited for an answer from the locksmith, they looked through call logs from 911 to see if they could get any leads from previous emails or emails, emergency calls. Police discovered a call, came in the night before Tamika Houston was reported missing that investigators thought could be related to Tobika's disappearance. The 911 call stated, my brother just came to my house and told me he killed his girlfriend and threw her in Cleveland Park Lake. Uh, this was from an unidentified caller. Okay, so I just want to mention it is called Cleveland Park Lake, but it's actually a park in uh, on in downtown Sparberg, and it's a man-made pond. It's not a lake. It's not that deep. It's green, and it's gross. So, <laughs> Do people go swimming in it? I wouldn't go swimming in it. I know, but do, it's still do people water. do it? No, you can't. Okay. This is like, uh, like there's a fountain, so it's like technically moving, but like it's mainly for ducks, so okay. it's really nasty. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because like the the main reason I'm asking is because I used to live up near. This is somewhat related. I used to live up near Chesapeake Beach, um, so it was like right along the Chesapeake Bay, and. People would go swimming in that all the time, but I'm like, that water looks disgusting. It smells no, like disgusting. it's it's steel. It's it's. I mean, like it's kind of. Oh big. yeah, it's like, probably like a mile long. Yeah, but it's separated. Like there's a thing, but ducks are in there, and I mean, it get it doesn't get clean, and um, it's if the fountain's not running, it's still water. So yeah. I mean, it's not it's not deep enough to get like a boat or anything. I don't okay. think you can you can't even get a canoe in it. Mm-hmm. It's not that deep. Okay. So apparently they drained it to search it. But... Uh, you could have just walked through Oh, I'm through sorry. They probably. ordered a dive team. <laughs> just, just whatever. Just walk through it. <laughs> Literally, it's not that deep. It's maybe like, maybe I think the deepest is like five feet. It's really not that deep. So it's basically like a pool. Literally, it's, yeah, that's gross. Yeah. But the way this park is, it's like there used to be a railroad, uh, like kids could go. You could buy like a little ticket, take your own park. Mm-hmm. And then the railroad went too fast and it got slung off the track and it killed a five year old little boy. So I don't do the railroad anymore. Oh my I remember God. I used to ride on that railroad. But uh, like I think the governor got taken off or something. Something happened. I don't that know. That is a lot of information that you just delivered to me and I have not been able to process. <laughs> I remember it because like the last name was Eastler and that's how I made it last name. So I was like, 
Am I related to that little boy? No, apparently there's a lot of Eastlers around here, but um well. so yes, but apparently like it's not it's not that deep. And it's the way the park is, so like there's the highway, the park, the playground park, amphitheater, mm-hmm. um, lake, and then it's surrounded by a neighborhood. Okay. It's like very odd. So, anyways, they ordered police ordered a dive team to search the lake, came up with nothing. Mm-hmm. So they were like I don't know. I guess the brother lied. Um, so while the police were searching for Tamika, Rebecca, her aunt, kept the story of Tamika's disappearance in the public. So she worked um, in public relations in Miami, Florida. So she was able to get the story in the public locally in Spartanburg, but she wanted to get it like a national attention. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Tamika's story, like a Tamika's case was happening. Lacey Peterson's case was happening. Oh. So that kind of like overshadowed it because mm-hmm. um, that was a huge case at that time. Yeah. But so she called and wrote to every broadcasting network she could think of, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, Fox, or MSNBC, and none of the networks really responded to Mika, to Rebecca or to Mika's story. Um, but the Houston family didn't let that stop them. They created the Tamika Houston website, which is no longer up, but that's dedicated to, that was dedicated to find her. They held pray, prayer vigils and even, even offered up a $30,000 reward to help find Tamika. That's a lot of money. Uh, because... Rebecca's husband is Desmond Howard. He's a forming Washington. Uh, yeah, I recognize that name. Well, I think now it's the Washington football team. But he yeah, helped try. Is. They helped try to get the word out about his missing niece. As did another one of Tamika's uncles, who worked for U.S. former U.S. Senator Patrick Leahy. Uh, so obviously, this family like had a ton of connections, mm-hmm. which is crazy because I guess like they were the the nation was like so like consumed with the Lacey Peterson case because no, I don't think really at that time a lot of other cases were even talked about I think it was strictly just the Lacey Peterson case yeah I don't know it's, I, it's, I mean it's so long ago I don't remember <laughs> but I, yeah I, it was I know that one was a very very big case it's still a very big case like people are still talking about it so well I think he just got resentenced well that too <laughs> but like yeah, even like before he, he got, got resentenced like yeah, even before he got resented. So I it it seemed like everybody everybody knows that case. Yeah. So um so like I said, during during this time the nation was so focused and followed the Lacey Peterson case. So Rebecca went a step further and contacted the Today Show, Good Morning America, twenty twenty and Dateline and unfortunately got nowhere um but months after tamika went missing rebecca finally got tamika's story uh a 15 second mention on fox news america's most wanted and bet aired an episode about her case um and headline news also wrote a story so she eventually got it out that's something at least but yeah which america's most wanted did like a whole episode and so did bet yeah they did like a whole episode so this is another quote from Rebecca Howard, but I miss her so much. She's just such a wonderful, warm person, and her absence from our lives has just left an incredible void. We miss her terribly. So police were finally starting to make progress on the case, and after some time, they finally found a locksmith that knew the key and directed them to Fremont School Apartments, where the key belonged to one of the apartments units. So Fremont School, Cleveland Park Lake, and... um. Barksdale apartment is only like a mile radius from each other. Like it's literally a circle. Mm-hmm. So it's not that far. So unfortunately for the police, the, or the key did not open any of the, so the uh, Fremont apartment only had 46 units in it. It did not open any of the doors to any mm-hmm. of the apartments, but it did open a door that led to the basement of the building. Interesting. The forensic team searched the area, but came up with nothing. So after searching the basement, police spoke with the property manager and was advised that, 
when a tenant is evicted, maintenance techs will switch the locks to another unit. They won't change it. They'll just switch it. So they'll take a doorknob from like apartment one and switch it to apartment six. I mean, I guess that's that's an efficient way to save money. <laughs> so one of the locks went to the basement. I okay. guess. I mean, I mean, I guess what's the chance of like somebody who got evicted going and trying all forty six apartments that's fair. to see if they're going to get in? Like that's fair. That's a lot. Of, I, it's a lot of effort. <laughs> I heard somebody was like, that's a big safety violation. I was like, yeah, I guess. But, like, what is the chances? I mean, I don't see somebody not doing it, but, like, the chances of that happening. It only takes one. But, the unfortunately, the apartment complex did not keep a record of which unit locks get switched. Which I understand. I get it. Like, if something, someone's getting evicted, you gotta do it fast. So, yeah. it's also 2004. So, investigators then asked for a list of tenants that had been evicted from the past year. And on that list, Christopher Hampton... Uh, who had been evicted from apartment 215 just one month after Tamika's appearance, which was also uh, Tamika's ex-boyfriend. So when police decided to go talk with Christopher, he was currently incarcerated for violating his parole on an unrelated charge, but he had been free at the time Tamika went missing. Detectives questioned him at Spartanburg County Jail, but he said he had no clue where Tamika was, and the last time he spoke to her, she was going to Bite Week in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So if you don't know what Bite Week is, Bite Week is like this huge week uh, that happens at Myrtle Beach. There's actually two. It's Bike Week, and then there's Black Bike Week, which I think is just for, like, African-Americans. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just this. But it happens, because it happened this year. But it's huge. It's, like, people go showcase their um, motorcycles. Motorcycles, yeah. And they just have a good old time. Yeah. I mean, might as well. The weather's nice, right? Mm-hmm. And it usually happens in summer. Yeah. that's That makes sense. People are out riding anyway, so you might as well. Mm-hmm. So they ran Christopher's fingerprints to the partial prints found on the car, but they came back as not a match. So just after that, investigators received a call from a woman who is the mother of Christopher's child and his ex-girlfriend. She told police that Christopher had mailed her his wallet and she noticed tiny specks of blood on it. And I was like, that's weird. I didn't realize you can mail a wallet from jail. I mean, I thought I, they just put it in like when you go in, you like have to empty your pockets and they just put it with your belongings. And you I'm just surprised that like, you, why would you mail somebody your wallet? I mean, I guess if it's I mean, the mother of your kids. In this case, he's probably hiding evidence, but that's still weird to me. But anyway, evidence. Okay. So police tested the DNA, uh, the blood from the wallet and it matched the DNA of Tamika Houston. So it's like, dun, dun, dun. Like, soon after receiving the DNA test results back, detectives then received another phone call from a woman about Christopher Hampton. And we'll get right to that after a quick word about our sponsors. The girl admitted to the police that she was only 15 years old at the time of uh, her meeting Christopher. But she told them that in Christopher's apartment where he had brought her, she had noticed a large brown reddish stain in his carpet in the master bedroom and his dresser had been pulled in front of his closet door. Um, This call came in a year after he had been evicted and another family had taken up residence in apartment 215. But like, okay, why would you wait one year to report that? That's what I'm If you're like that concerned about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you waiting? I mean, I guess. If if it's like a safety reason. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of get it, but at the same time... Maybe she was, like, waiting to see if, like, 
him to get locked up or something. Maybe she knew that like, he was going to get arrested. That's possible, yeah. Okay, never mind. I take back my previous concerns. I mean, it's still waiting a year. Like, the evidence could be gone by That's that true. point. So. so, in January of 06, police gained a search warrant that led them into, uh, to search the Fremont School Apartments in Anthony's former apartment, 215. They found evidence the master bedroom carpet had been cleaned, but upon pulling that carpet up, police found human blood on the back of the carpet and on the padding. So it really just did the surface of it. Wow. More blood was found in the closet and all throughout the apartment. They did like the, Mm -hmm. was it linoleum? Linoleum. Like, are you talking about like the tiles or the luminol? Luminol. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I was like, I I know what she's trying to say, but... (laughs) DNA confirmed that all of that blood was a match to Tamika Houston. Now police had a good suspect for the murder of Tamika, but the question remained, where where was her body? Okay, so this is a quote from former Spartanburg City Police Director Tony Fisher. With this evidence, we are comfortable in proceeding with criminal charges for the murder of Tamika Antoinette Houston. The, uh, this additional evidence supports our belief that Christopher Lamont Hampton is responsible for the death of Miss Houston. Therefore, we have obtained a warrant for the arrest of Christopher Lamont Hampton, charging him with Miss Houston's death. So he's already incarcerated, and it's so funny. Uh, he was scheduled. <laughs> the day he was scheduled to be released was the day they were they got the warrant. So he they just kept him in there. They're like, so it, it, it's it's like that one. Uh, it's like a meme from the Sim- the Simpsons where a dude like walks into a bar, takes off his hat, puts it on, and then takes it, and then just literally walks right back out. That's exactly literally. What so he was like i said he was already being held on unrelated federal uh, probation violation and was scheduled to be released january 7th 06 but he was being rearrested of the murder of tamika as well as being charged with sexual misconduct and second degree with a 15 year old girl which was the evidence collected during the search for tamika so they charged him with that because he had sex with a 15 year old yeah because that's that's pedophilia i think he was like 24 yeah 25 Something yikes. So investigators had confirmed with media outlets that they had they have talked to Christopher throughout the investigation for Tamika and began to seriously consider him a suspect when they found the key when they found his key in her abandoned car had matched his former apartment. Tamika and Christopher had been dating for several months, but she had just recently found out he had gotten another woman pregnant during the time they were dating, which obviously put a strain on their relationship. I would say. <laughs> yeah, so she's mad and I don't yeah. blame her. Um, although uh, Chloe should probably take a hint from this. Just like leave the leave I him. roll. She should have took the hint the just, first time he cheated. Just, just leave him. <laughs> anyway, continue. He's not even cute. <laughs> it's like all of this. He's not even cute. Tragic. The night of May 27th, 2004, which was the last time she was reported seen by her friend, if you guys remember, uh, Tamika had stopped by Christopher's apartment and he was getting ready to go out for the night and was ironing the pants he was planning on wearing, (laughs) which is so random. That's very specific. Tamika had asked Christopher to borrow some money and he told her no, that he was saving his money for the baby, in which she responded with, you care more about the baby than me. Christopher had become angry with the response and took the hot iron and threw it at her head. When the hot iron hit the side of her head, it killed her immediately. So it's like that. Yeah, I would I would think so. Because I guess those, it hit her temple. Yeah, and that, that stuff can get real hot too. 
Uh, so this is a quote Christopher told investigators while confessing to her murder. I didn't mean for it to hit her. I couldn't believe it. I just walked out of the room after I told her I was sorry. The whole time I was hoping she'd wake up. I didn't want to tell anybody because I didn't want anyone to think I was a killer. I ain't a killer. I didn't want anyone to think bad of me. I mean, so. you're a serial mm-hmm. cheater, apparently, and a pedophile. Mm-hmm. So... So... After he killed Tamika, he shoved her body in his closet where he left her to leave, go pick up the 15-year-old girl, bring her back to his apartment to have sex with, before he then left the apartment once again to take the girl home and to get something to eat. The entire time, Tamika's body was in the closet. He literally had sex with her the same night that he murdered Tamika? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, within an hour. Bro. Bro. (laughs) What? Yeah, but we don't think you're a bad guy. Yeah, clearly. You're, you're totally not a bad guy. What? So, the following day, May 28th, uh, Christopher used his friend's car. He didn't even use his own car. And drove Tamika's body to a wooded area in Duncan, which Duncan's about probably 20 minutes from Sparnberg. Buried her in a shallow grave. He then rented a carpet cleaner and tried to clean the blood out of his carpet in his apartment took her car and abandoned it at the nearby uh, Barksdale apartment complex when he accidentally dropped his key in the passenger floorboard, which I find so funny. Like, I find that... Like, how do you accidentally drop your keys? That has the key to your apartment. I don't understand. Yeah. But I feel like you would notice that. Like, And he got it, which is funny. It's not funny he got evicted, but he got evicted, like, a month later, so... Yeah. I just... Okay, like, I don't understand why you didn't go back for him. Yeah. Like... Like he had time. They didn't yeah. find her for like they didn't find the car for like two weeks. It's he's not very smart from what I'm gathering. Like So he then returned to the make to makeshift grave the following year when police started getting warm on his trail and decapitated the body and put her body in a nearby business dumpster and kept her head. So Um Sir Sir Greece- Crease. Christopher agreed to show detectives where he buried Tamika's body and took police to the gravesite in Duncan, which was about 12 miles away from his former apartment. He showed police where he buried Tamika's decapitated body and where he had marked the spot with cross ma- with a cross made of sticks. So, like, obviously he feels He felt remorse. some remorse, but uh-huh. clearly not like enough I... to not have sex with somebody in the same room where the person you just murdered's dead body is hanging out in the closet. <laughs> I fully like am convinced that this was like obviously like a it was like a passion. Yeah, crime. it was it was obviously a second degree murder thing. Like I And I'm sure and I'm sure which okay, fun fact, in South Carolina we don't have degrees, you're either charged with murder or you're not. I what? <laughs> we don't have degrees. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I did not know that. I didn't either until I like started researching this case and I was uh on the public index, but he was charged with murder, not with a degree. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's what it—that's what it showed. He was charged with. He definitely murdered her. So, I mean, that's that's fair. But um, I guess like going, so like him marking her grave with the obviously okay, obviously he has remorse. I really just I don't understand these crimes. Cause like yeah. I get, I think he's selfish in the fact he didn't want to be caught. I don't think it was bec- like he said he didn't want anybody to think bad of him. Yeah. It, but it was definitely it was, yeah. And also, if he really felt 
that bad about what happened. I feel like if he had gone to the police and explained what happened, like it was an accident, like when it happened, Mm -hmm. he might not have gotten into as much trouble as he did. But the fact that he went. Okay, I get like, I think that all the time because people will do these kinds of crime, like these kinds of murders and then like hide the body. But I'm like, if you were just honest, you probably would have just got like manslaughter or something yeah because like i 100 percent believe he did not intend to kill her Mm-mm. but the fact that he hid her body like his, tried to- his actions after the fact is what got yeah him. i think had he like if he committed the crime and then went like immediately and called the police yeah he probably would have just got manslaughter yeah i agree and yeah it's the fact that he hid the body he decapitated the body to prevent people from a trying year to later. Identif- trying to identify her. Like, hello. And still to this day, pl- uh, spoiler alert, they have not found her head. Seriously? Yeah, they've never been able to find her head. Bro, where did you put her I head? Know. I don't know. He won't admit to it, so. Yeah, that, okay. He He's an asshole, regardless of, <laughs> of anything else. He's an asshole, but, man. So, okay, so he shows them the grave. In the shallow grave, police found skeletal remains. So Spartanburg County coroner announced the remains did belong to Tamika Houston through DNA evidence. This is a statement uh, from the Houston family, like, following her being found for our family this day brings us both tremendous sadness and some sense of relief while trying to come to terms with the fact our tamika will not return to us we find comfort in knowing the person responsible for this for this most personal tragedy is being brought to justice um christopher hampton received a life sentence in prison eight months after confessing to tamika houston's murder on april 24th 06 this is a quote from christopher hampton hampton in a jailhouse interview they wanted closure. I gave it to them. It might not have been what they wanted to hear, but I gave it to them. I deserve to go to jail, but I deserve a second chance. I just hope her family can forgive me. I don't know about that, sir. So, in, Rebecca Howard, Tamika's aunt, created the Tamika Houston Foundation. It helps and assists the relatives and family of the missing. Um, so, I haven't been able to, like, find, like, a website or anything that has has anything about it like i just found it an article so i don't know if like the foundation is still up mm-hmm. um but that was at one point created i don't know if they still do anything with it in 2017 tamika's father anthony houston and his wife joanne houston were killed in a murder suicide mm-hmm. uh in Sparmer county anthony killed his wife and then uh committed suicide so mm-hmm. there is that christopher hampton appealed because of what he stated was ineffective counsel went all the way to South Carolina Supreme Court, but his appeal was dismissed. Christopher Hampton appealed once again in 2017 due to coer- to a coerced confession, and this appeal also went to South Carolina Su- Supreme Court, but this pill- appeal was also dismissed. Yeah, and that is the case of Tamika Houston. Um, yeah, I don't know why he would think that his appeals would work. Like, mm. I I don't think you do deserve a second chance. Like. Even if you didn't intend to murder this person, you still did, and then you covered it up. Like like we said earlier, if he had just called the police immediately and he had shown some sort of regret in that moment, they would have taken that into account. They probably would have only given him manslaughter, and then he... I swear, like, I think about that all the time, like, even in shows and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, why don't you just call the police? Nah, I mean, I get it. Police suck sometimes. Yeah, and so, so like, it's, it's very possible that, like... You this- could have just hired a lawyer. Yeah, like, I I don't know. I get why he did what he did. He was scared. Like, 
but it was also very selfish because then you have the Houston family. The actions, I think it wouldn't have been as bad if he didn't like immediately turn around and committed a gross act. Yeah. Then went and got food. Yeah. And I don't think it's shock. I think he's just an asshole. Yeah. Because like he went and allowed the Houston family to deal with this like not knowing where Tamika was for so long just because he was he didn't want people to think he was a killer and it's like mm-hmm. you're not a serial killer no but you're still like you you still killed somebody so absolutely like and, that's you know, a fact I, and i really feel for the Houston family cuz like not only did they lose Tamika um you know yeah. like 15 years later they lost Anthony and his wife yeah so, i mean this family is not a and stranger like, to tragedy. Yeah, like in a really horrific way too. Like none of these deaths were were peaceful. Mm-mm. So yeah, I feel I feel for the family. So I'm thank you for sharing that. And hopefully, if we can find anything about the Tamika Foundation, maybe we can. I will share. Yeah, but we, I haven't been able to. I looked for like a good two hours. Yeah, if we can find anything. If not, then yeah, we'll we'll see. But. <laughs> It feels so weird to be very peppy after that, but thanks so much for listening, guys. So you can find us on social media. We are on Instagram at Shocking the Wicked Podcast. We are on Twitter at Wicked Podcast One. We are on YouTube at Shocking the Wicked Podcast. We're also on Facebook at Shocking the Wicked Podcast and on TikTok at Shockingly Wicked. We have our website, which is shockinglywickedpodcast.com or just shockinglywicked.com. It'll take you to the exact same place. We also have our Patreon. And this is, we're going to shout out our first patron, that is Justin. He was actually our first financial supporter on Anchor as well. So he he found us again. Thank you so much, Justin, for your contribution and your support. We really appreciate it. So we are also going to send Gotta him Gotta give a- credit what credit's due. Yeah, he's an OG, you know? we we got it we got to acknowledge the ogs so thank you again uh appreciate you justin any money that you give to us through patreon is gonna go right back into the podcast yes it goes to justin (laughs) Uh, it goes right back into the (laughs) podcast um to help us make this better for you so we have three separate tiers the first one is three dollars then there's eleven dollars and twenty two dollars so check out the various benefits that you get from each tier see if one of those appeals to you and yeah i mean if you if there's anything that you're you would like (laughs) we we can add more stuff it's not finalized so if there's any suggestions you have feel free to let us know if you have case suggestions you can send those to us at shockinglywickedpodcast at gmail.com or you can send them through our website through the contact form on the contact us page i think that is everything Um, All of the links for our social media and our Patreon are also on our website, so go check it out. And we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye! Bye!